0: drawing room over here you made it Oh, come on through do you fancy drink what's your tipple well being one of the best in the world at what you do is an almost impossible goal and the thing is that maintaining that position really is the work of a lifetime australian born connor o'leary is one of the top surfers in the world but he's had to prove his skill many, many times fighting for qualification to the sports championship tour. His journey is one of the stories at the centre of a new documentary series, Chasing Waves, which explores the Japanese connection to surfing in the wake of the 2021 Olympics. Connor, welcome to you. How did surfing become such a big part of your professional and personal life?
1: Hello, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate as a young a uh, um, from a young kid to have two parents that absolutely adore surfing. Um, mom who, who competed professionally, uh, growing up in her, you know, twenties and thirties and dad just loving the ocean and, and everything about it. So it was a good, uh, lifestyle to grow up in. You know, I just kind of jumped in the car when they used to go, uh, up and down the coast, East coast of Australia to go find waves. And, Yeah, I used to just spend most of my time on the beach, which was pretty good.
0: So I can't imagine that you would have been allowed to do anything else given uh, the surfing of both of your parents. (laughs) What what makes a good wave is uh, through watching surfing documentaries, hear a lot of rhetoric around competition surfing often sometimes for some surfers takes the love out of surfing because you're obviously surfing in a predetermined place and time against others. There's that pressure. What makes a good wave for you?
1: I think as surfers, we, we never can catch the same wave. And I think that's why uh, surfing for myself and surfing for a lot of people who love it uh, are so addicted to it is that unpredictability of, you know, what's the next wave that we're going to catch gonna, going to look like? So, yeah, I think that's the most addictive part of it is we never catch the same waves. and. Uh, you know, we could either get one of the worst wipeouts, you know, on the next wave we catch or I could have one of the best experiences uh, on a, on a wave. So yeah, that's, that's the most addictive part for, for all of us. And yeah, being able to to compete professionally in surfing, um, yeah, has its ups and downs, you know, you can't, uh you just try and control all the controllables and um yeah, the ocean's are a very uh, spiritual thing. So it's just a matter of leaving the rest up to the ocean and, um, let, letting her do its thing and just trying to adapt to, to what she brings at you.
0: This documentary focuses on the Japanese connection to surfing. Your mother is a part of that. That's obviously a, a big part of your heritage. But is it fair to say it's taken you a kind of like a while to embrace it?
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, it's, I, you know, the Australian culture growing up, um, where I grew up in Cronulla, there wasn't too many uh, there wasn't too many multicultural kids at school and, and I was just, I'm not that overly confident. I was never that confident kid growing up. So I was just trying to to mould into the society and mould into all my peers um, just so I wasn't that centre of attention and that person that people looked at. And, um, yeah, so it, it was a weird thing for me as a kid. I kind of put my Japanese heritage a bit on the back burner uh, due to, just wanting to fit in and just wanting to be like everyone else, um, which I look back and now and go, you know, that was pretty silly and and all that. But yeah, being a kid, I was just that shy, shy little grummet who just wanted to to go surfing, play soccer, and um, and fit in. So yeah, the Japanese heritage definitely uh was was a little bit on the shy side. Um, I didn't really tell too many people, for sure.
0: Well, that really has changed, hasn't it? Because in the last few years, you've made the choice to put the Japanese flag on your wetsuit alongside the Australian one. So does that mean that you now represent both ca- uh, cultures when competing?
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, it, it came with a lot of maturity and just a lot of, uh, you know, traveling around the world and, and experiencing different cultures and seeing that, you know, multiculturalism is such a cool thing. It's a cool thing to to have, and not many people do. And everyone's, you know, it's you know, you're very fortunate to be able to live two different cultures, um, especially vastly different ones like Japanese to Australian. So um, it was just a matter of a bit of maturity and going, you know, this is Japan being Japanese and being Australian is, you know, it's 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 amazing to be able to live those two different cultures uh, every day, and um, you know, I'm very fortunate and proud to to be australian but also be japanese as well you know i've got a lot of uh, friends and family who and fans over in japan who i want to represent at the highest level as well so it was just a a good idea from from my wife and um we just thought you know why don't we just try and see if we can we can represent i can represent both countries um on my jersey and um Yeah, it's got a lot of great positive feedback so far, which has been pretty good. All
0: my best ideas come from my wife too, so I can certainly sympathise with that. (laughs) On RN Drive, I'm Andy Park. Connor O'Leary is my guest. We're talking about surfing culture and the new documentary series, Chasing Waves. And Connor, this series follows you as you worked to requalify for the championship tour. What did it mean to drop off that tour? What changes I suppose when you're competing in the challenges series, do you make instead of the championship tour?
1: Yeah, it was kind of a a very tricky year that year because it was the first year they, they condensed the, the tour schedule. So they started in January and finished in August while usually they go from, uh, March to December. Um, so they, it was like a condensed season. Um, it was very, real tricky with coming out of COVID and I felt like I, I didn't invest in uh, the things I needed to invest in enough. Um, Yeah. I didn't have a main sponsor back then. So trying to invest in a full-time coach and things like that was something that I was just trying to just save a bit of extra money. But in hindsight, you know, it's all an investment in myself and in my career. So, I mean, this is the sort of financial,
0: this is the sort of financial side of surfing uh, pro surfing that you don't often hear about. It must be, pretty difficult on top of everything else. You're having to travel the world without the sponsorship to get back to that top level. Many surfers without your resolve would just drop off the tour forever.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the tour, you know, the qualification series is, is so, there's so many great surfers, you know, you've got a hundred, 120 of the best surfers who all deserve to be there and all can, you know, match it with the best in the world on the championship tour. So falling off, it was it was a hard thing to kind of reset myself because I fell off in August and then had to do the the first qualification series event within I think it was like three weeks of of falling off the world tour. So having to kind of reset my mindset and go, okay, you know, what do I need to do to be able to get back onto the championship tour in those from August to December, um, for the, the, the year after. So yeah, it was just a matter of just figuring out what I need and investing. And, you know, like I said before, using using that mindset of putting it's an investment in myself and my career. Um, that's when I hired a, a coach over in the Europe for the first qualification series events. And, um, yeah, it was just great to to do that and have a second opinion and have someone there that's. That wants to help me. And, um, it led to, to great things throughout the rest of the year. Surely
0: turning something that is a passion and in fact, almost an art form, uh, such as surfing into something competitive and, uh, financially stressful. There's a lot of time away from your family. Were there ever times where you just loathed to put the wetsuit back on and to go out into the waves?
1: Definitely. You know, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm, I'm only human. Um, yeah you know, we all have our negative thoughts and and things like that, especially when you're in the worst parts of of my career were definitely that that moment when I fell off um in two thousand twenty one so yeah, it was you know I'm only human, there's negative thoughts that go through. it's just a matter of how quickly I can um adapt to and accept the fact that you know, yeah, things are tough, but there's a, there's two ways to go about it, you know, I could quit and give up and and do do it the easy way, or I can try and do everything in my power to to change it around and and change my mindset and get back on tour. So, um, well, the other thing is you had yeah
0: yeah the film crew there the whole time as as well. I mean, the other yeah. surfers pulled out of filming because of the pressures. You, you kept going. Why?
1: I don't know. I just thought it was a great thing to be able to document, um, not only for myself but for for the world to see the qualification series is a very tough, uh, grueling series. So that, you know, isn't overly publicized. So to be able to show the world that, um, you know, that that I'm, like I said before, I'm only human, you know, I go through my great times. I go through my worst times and to be able to show that to the world, um, is, you know, yeah, is what I wanted to show. And, um, yeah, that I'm, I'm glad that, I uh, definitely uh, had had the film crew travelling around for the, the rest of the year with me to be able to document all that. There's su- such great talent uh, in the surfing world coming out of Japan at the moment and um, if they can see that there's someone, you know, representing Australia but also representing Japan at the highest level, I hope, um, you know, they look at that and they can aspire that, if they with hard work and dedication they can uh, get to to where I'm at as well so that's the uh, that's the message I'd love to send out to people Um, I'm only a a uh, surf school, learned a surf school coach that just wanted to to do his best in surfing. And here I am. So <laughs> that's, it's been great. <laughs> that's
0: the dream big message for sure. Well, I, I certainly wish you the best for 2024 and your uh, bid to represent in the Olympics. I'm sure you will. And thanks for talking a bit about the rawness of what to the rest of us seems like an absolute dream career. Thanks for your time, Connor.
1: Thank you, Andy. Thanks for your time as well.
0: Connor O'Leary has been my guest on RN Drive. Connor is a pro surfer and one of the athletes featured on the documentary series Chasing Waves, which is out now on Disney+. Plus. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.